This man that I've seen cry when his friend faced death, but with his next breath raised him yet alive. What manner of man is this whom winds and seas obey? What kind of man is this who teaches how to Go before the throne of the Father on high. He is Jesus, King of creation. He is Jesus, Lord of all nations, bound up in human. Needing food and sleep and rest, fully man yet holy God. What manner of man is this? What manner of man is this who stands out from the crowd? What kind of man is this before whom a father bows and with sorrowed voice makes the humble choice to beg his daughter's life? What manner of man is this? a blind man see and frees an outcast soul from his leprosy takes a laughing stock and then makes him walk just like you and me he is Jesus king of creation he is Jesus, Lord of all nations, bound up in humanness, needing food and sleep and rest, fully man yet holy God. What manner of man is this? What manner of man is this Who stands in Pilate's hall While screaming crowds insist He die and suffer all What kind of man is this Suspended between earth and heaven In blood and agony So I could be forgiven
you probably would have been right. Uh, turn on my mic at just the right time, and I forgot to turn it on. So, <laughs> Well, grab your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning. It's such a privilege to be here with you, and uh, appreciate the hospitality already shown to us. We got in yesterday evening after a long two-day voyage, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, it's, I told the Sunday school crowd that it's uh, always wonderful. I always enjoy being back in my home state, and uh, yes, I am a Michigander, and I was born over in St. Joe, and then grew up up in Midland, uh, Michigan, and not too far away uh, up the road here, up I-75, and over on I-10, right? And uh, in fact, I-75, of course, runs all the way down through Florida. We basically make Pensacola, Florida our home now. Uh, we don't own a house. If you think of us, pray for us. We are asking the Lord to provide that for us. We traveled for 16 years in a fifth-wheel trailer and enjoyed that, but for a number of different reasons, we moved out of fifth-wheel, fifth-wheeling, and, uh, uh, but we do need a house uh, by the end of this year, and so we appreciate so we'll move up here to Michigan. Well, I've got to have a place that I can get in and out of uh, to do meetings. And so uh, you can't fool me on the weather in February because I lived it. And so uh, it's not that I don't enjoy my home state. It's just practically speaking, it'd be very hard to conduct ministry out of Michigan, going in and out and different things like that. And so, uh, but uh, anyway, it's always good to be back and appreciate, uh, looking forward to getting to know you. I'm going to do the one-man quartet for you at the concert. Uh, the whole family's going to sing more. We're going to introduce ourselves and tell you a little bit about each one. Uh, we're going to do a guy's quartet, me and my boys. We're going to do that. And uh, so a bunch of great stuff that we'll be able to do this afternoon. Philippians chapter number four. I appreciate Pastor giving an introduction that let you know that I didn't just come in because I wasn't going to say anything, but I, I, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say something. And I just didn't come in and choose this topic on Memorial Day, uh, you know, to hit a controversial thing, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for any hungry hearts that want to do, want to seek and find what God has them to do. Because it's not about following someone's uh, arbitrary list of rules in any area of our life. Uh, now, training wheels are helpful when we're, when we're new in Christ. And in fact, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's not wrong to look to somebody else and say, hey, I want to pattern my life after what I see godly in this person's life. If you're a new Christian, maybe you've been saved the last year or two, and you're looking at people and you want to pattern your life after them, we're supposed to be good patterns and examples for others. So that's not a bad thing, but just like our kids as they're growing up, I want my kids... I've got an 18-year-old over here uh, who's graduating from high school now. Uh, I want him to have a certain level of understanding of the why uh, more so than uh, when he was six years old, right? So there ought to be that sense of growth in our life. And uh, uh, so hopefully this morning will be a help to that. It's very difficult to know. uh, I see the issue of music as kind of like a circle. And what do I mean by circle? Everything builds on everything else. So it's hard to know where to start because where do you start? Where's the beginning of a circle? It's really hard. So we're just going to dive right in in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. This is a passage of Scripture. How many of you have memorized this at one point or another? I won't call you up to prove it. Okay. (laughs) This was our family memory verse uh, uh, not too long ago. And boy, it's, it's quite an instruction. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, wow, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, 
And if there be any praise, what's the next word? Think on these things. Dear Lord, I pray that in the time we have remaining this morning, first of all, I thank you for this church. I thank you for their faithfulness over the years. Uh, This is my first time being here, but it's not my first time hearing of them. Lord, I pray that you would bless them richly. Thank you for Pastor and, and his family. I pray you'd lift him up, give him strength as he goes forward leading the church. Thank you for the pastoral staff. And Lord, for every person that's taken time this morning to be here. Secondly, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. Allow me to say the things you'd have me to say and forget the things that I shouldn't. Lord, that this would be a, a blessing to folks. It's not often we touch on music on a Sunday morning. But Lord, it's important because it's part of who you are. And if we're going to reflect you to others, we best know who you are. Help us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Music is, is awesome. <laughs> I love music. My dad is a musician. My mom is a musician. I grew up in a musician's home. My dad actually graduated with two of his degrees from Michigan State. Uh, He used to chart the halftime shows for the marching band. And when I was growing up, we would go to alumni band day. Uh, There was uh, someone here. I really appreciate that shirt right there, just to let you know. All right. Talk about a controversial issue. Uh, But I grew up going to the alumni band days. And any of you who are instrumentalists, who are band musicians, you know that even though there can be rivalries, there's also a a sense of camaraderie when you are a a marching band musician. I didn't get to be in a marching band. Uh, Christian school, it's kind of expensive for a Christian school to have a marching band. There'd be like four of us, (laughs) Uh, uh, which probably wouldn't be good. But uh, I kind of lived uh, marching band music through that experience. And going back to Michigan State uh, on alumni band, band days and and hearing the band and all that type of stuff. I just, from a very early age, I got to be involved with music. You have your own story. We all have our own stories of how we come to like the pieces of music and the things that we do. And music is so personal. In fact, I believe music wraps itself around our hearts and it helps express who we are. That's why it's such a controversial issue because when someone criticizes your music, they're actually cutting through you to get to your heart. That's a big deal, isn't it? Music, the word music in English has that, has that idea of muse, which has to, has to do with thinking or revolving in the mind. It's actually related to the word meditate. We're supposed to meditate on Scripture, right? And that has to do with the idea of revolving it in our mind. How many of you have ever been to a museum? Right, yeah. Museum. It's supposed to be a place, I remember going on, uh, church or uh, school field trips. It was supposed to be a place where us fourth graders were supposed to think. We're supposed to think about the exhibits. Of course, in fourth grade, I was mostly interested in what exhibits did stuff, right? Rather than the ones where you just read stuff. But that's your average fourth grade guy for you, right? Fourth grade boy, right? But museum, muse, hear that? Music, museum, supposed to think. How many of you have ever been, uh, ever been to, let's see, uh, Cedar Point probably would be close here, right? Okay, Michigan Adventure, right, okay. It's an amusement park, right? That little A in front of the muse, amusement, has to do with the idea that you're not supposed to think when you go there. You're just supposed to pretend. How many of you like roller coasters, right? Okay, all right. I don't like to pretend that I'm dying. (laughs) I do that enough when I'm driving through the Rocky Mountains. 
all right, and the brakes go out. Yes, that's a true story, all right. Uh, but um, an amusement park, you're not supposed to think there. The idea of music, music is given to us by God. Now, it's part of God's nature because it's part of who He is. In fact, in Zephaniah chapter number 3, you find out God sings. Wow, wouldn't it be awesome to hear God sing? I think we will one day. Man, that's going to be indescribable, especially right now. Uh, wow, we can park all day on that. But God sings. It's part of His nature. So I don't even say God created music, because if it's part of who He is, it's been around as long as God has. But He's given it to us. Colossians chapter 3 tells us that we're supposed to use music to help teach and admonish one another, right? Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, talks about what we should think on. A lot of people, unfortunately, when they come to the issue of music, they try to kind of cram it over in the corner like it has no relevance, you know, like it's its own thing. And boy, if, you know, the Bible really doesn't talk about musical style, da 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 so there's no principles about it whatsoever. There's been leaders of colleges and institutions that have preached kind of that kind of thing. Well, it's a free-for-all. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know the Bible doesn't talk about the Internet? I know. Of course, the Bible doesn't talk about the Internet, but are there principles from God's Word that we can apply? Absolutely. <laughs> Does music communicate? Actually, let's, let's pause on that for a second. Does music communicate? I think music communicates on three levels. First of all, music communicates on a physical level. Right? Remember uh, David when he played the harp for Saul? By the way, it wasn't like a harp, like a... Nothing wrong with that, but he didn't lug around an orchestral harp. <sighs> you know, Play it for the sheep and then for Saul. No, it's not like that. Much more like we would think of as an acoustic guitar. Any of you guitar players out there? Any uh, acoustic, electric, whatever? Okay, a few, a few, okay. All right, that, that, you can port, port that around. Right? So David played the harp. The Bible says that Saul's responses were in these three areas. First of all, he breathed freely, okay? So Saul, uh, it's, it's 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 23. Uh, and, and this is fascinating to me because, first of all, his response was physical. The word behind there, that first response, is that he breathed freely. If you all take a deep breath in with me for a second and let it out in a moment. So Saul was refreshed. That's that word, breathe freely. Music is physical, first and foremost, and that should not surprise us because music is sound, right? I'm a little bit of a sci-fi nut. I'm going to use my microphone to demonstrate this here. Uh, You can leave this on while I do this. That's okay. Uh, I'm a little bit of a sci-fi nut, and... um, uh, to the point where I don't spend a lot of money on it, <laughs> okay? But I enjoy any, any well, I don't want to, Sunday morning, I don't want to cause an issue here. All right, but, you know, spaceships of whatever genre of choice you watch will go into hyperspace or warp drive or whatever, and there's always some kind of sound effect associated with it, you know? Right? And it's always impressive, you know, whoa, that was awesome. You know what a spaceship like that would actually sound like in outer space? Like this. Listen carefully. Why? Because there's nothing, right, you're all saying the same thing in different ways. There's no, there's nothing for the sound to vibrate through. 
See, sound, you have to, that's why you can hear things through the wall or, or you can feel vibrations through the floor. Even on the piano here, I can go over to the piano. I know not all of you will be able to see me, but you can hear it. Okay, if I go to the piano, how does the piano make noise? How, what's the building block? Well, there's a hammer uh, activated by this key that hits the string, right? And it causes the string to vibrate. And then this helps, you know, uh, uh, amplify it. I think you've got a microphone in it too. Isn't that nice? That's a nice sound. I should have played that for offertory, you know? You know? Uh, it's affecting you physically because you're hearing it. In fact, you feel it all over uh, because it's, uh, you just interpreted a sound through your ear. But um, maybe some of you are trying to go to sleep at night and it's, you know, 1230 at night and all of a sudden you feel something weird and, and you feel like maybe you're having a heart attack and you feel... You're like, I'm having a heart attack. And you realize your next door neighbor's teenager just pulled into his driveway. Right? I had a friend who had a Camaro. Uh, I hope someday for the ministry we'll get a Camaro. I just... Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, in all seriousness, I had a friend in high school had a Camaro, and uh, and he you know tricked it out with all kinds of sound and everything. He took third place in the sound off competition in Detroit, and uh, he and I didn't really listen to the same kind of music. But he said he wanted to show me, so uh, he said you got to sit in here and listen. So I sat in his car. Let me tell you, you did not just hear the music. You what? Felt the music. Now let me real real, real quickly say this here: the Bible nowhere teaches that the body itself is evil. And sometimes we as good Bible-believing Christians, we've got to be careful with our terminology because someone who didn't grow up in church, someone doesn't know what we mean by talking about the flesh, we've got to make sure that we make a distinction between just having a body and the old nature, the old man that lives in us, that, that is supposed to be crucified with Christ, amen, is crucified with Christ. We're supposed to live like it, Romans chapter number 6. So it's not wrong just because something affects you physically doesn't mean it's wrong. It does mean we need to be aware of it. And we'll touch on that here in just a moment before we close. But physical power, music has that. I also want to show you, for example, with Saul, that it had emotional power. That next phrase, Saul was well. And you can check on this or listen to the recording if you'd like and check me out on this. But 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23 says, Saul was well. That idea has to do with emotional stability. Music has emotional power. In fact, many would argue, and I'd probably agree, that's where its power lies. Yeah, it's got some physical attributes, but that's where its power lies is emotionally. <laughs> Maybe, uh, let's say uh, uh, you're down in Florida, because this wouldn't really apply in the Great Lakes, but you'd be down in Florida, and someone has asked you to watch their children who are playing in the Gulf uh, down there. And uh, things are going well, I mean... Uh, we're no strangers to water here, but uh, there are some differences down in the Gulf uh, than the uh, Great Lakes. And as you're watching the kids, one of those differences uh, makes itself known. Get out of the water now! <laughs> Notice, you didn't wonder why there was music playing oddly at the, at the ocean. Uh, but... That's t- giving you an emotional cue, right? Now, there's two reasons for that emotional cue. Number one is cultural. 
The first reason is that that's the soundtrack to a movie called Jaws that came out in the mid-1970s. I'm not recommending it or not recommending it. I'm just saying that even if you haven't seen that movie, you, I, you know that that means teeth. But I also want to tell you, even if you had no consciousness of that movie, there is tension built into these notes. Remember earlier when I did this? Right? Those are the same notes that John Williams used to create that soundtrack. He just rotated them. Hear that? There's tension in between those notes, and he harnessed that tension. There's actually three notes in the Jaws theme. Some of you think it's two. I used to think that. But actually, the bite is the lower note. Right? That's the bite of the shark. That's what it's supposed to signify. Isn't that something that music communicates like that, right? Oh, here. Yeah, let's do another one. Hope this is okay, Pastor. All right. <laughs> Sometimes it, doing an illustration helps a lot, okay? What's that? Chariots of fire. When I was growing up, I don't know if they still do this or not, but when I was growing up, uh, any skit in a, in a youth group that needed slow motion would use that, right? It's an emotional cue. How about this? Right? Didn't think you'd be hearing that Sunday morning. I apologize. <laughs> What I'm trying to illustrate, though, is that gives you an emotional feeling, right? Now, you understand, oh, that's the old TV show, Mission Impossible, or whatever, which i actually never seen an old episode. But I know, that, I know that sound, and there's a reason why it makes people feel like, oh, running around and being like a spy. Why is that? Well, it's written in an uneven meter. Duh, 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 duh. So, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two. Okay? It's triple, triple, double, double. And you say, I don't know what that means. It's okay. All it means is it gives you this kind of uneven feeling. The music's communicating. Let's do one more. <laughs> I can't pay the rent. <laughs> You will pay the rent. (laughs) But I can't pay the rent. I'll pay the rent. My hero. That's the story of how my wife and I met. She paid the rent. <laughs> of course, that's loosely based on Dudley Do-Right and, you know, uh, of the Mounties, all right? Uh, from uh, my dad used to watch that, you know, on Saturday mornings. What was that? Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle and all that stuff, right? Now, why did I do that? Okay, you've got the music that goes with the different characters, and it, and it gives you a feeling. In fact, that's what a soundtrack is to a television show or a movie. It is giving you emotional instructions for what you're supposed to be feeling about what's happening. So music communicates emotionally. Friends, music communicates physically, communicates emotionally, and it communicates spiritually. 
right? I mean, uh, Ephesians tells us that we're supposed to be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, semicolon. Speaking and singing to yourselves, right? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, right? Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Music has such spiritual potential and power. So, why is this important? Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 tells us we're supposed to think on these things. Think, by application and principle, applies to music. Why? Well, music in, of, in and of itself is something that influences us to, th- to think. To think, excuse me. So why is this important? Well, look at all these character qualities of what our music should be. Let's, let's look at some. What sort of things are true? You realize our music should be true? Say, well, how is music true? This is just one application, but let me encourage you. If you're in the habit of listening to music that promotes untruth, because guess what? That's the opposite of truth. You need to get that out of your life. You say, what do you mean, Brother Ben? Music that focuses on untruth. Well, the easiest way to tell is what are the words saying? Um, I'm not trying to pick on anybody here, but if the content of your music is glorifying, hey, you can go have an affair, and it all works out in the end, and it's okay, guess what? That goes against, not me, that goes against the Word of God. If you listen to music that says, hey, violence is the way to solve issues in your life, guess what? That's not true. It goes against the Word of God. Notice, you may have ideas of what styles I'm thinking of, but you might be surprised at what styles promote what. There are some operas that I won't listen to. Well, it's in a foreign language. Okay, well, (laughs) I happen to know what the storyline is. You follow what I'm saying? We've got to be careful as Christians that we're not allowing things that go to go on and take residence in our hearts and minds that don't match up with this. What about this? Whatever things are honest. Well, what's an honest person? Well, a person who tells the truth. Okay, good. What's an honest person? A person who's not dishonest. Okay, that's good too. Can I give you an illustration of, of something that would be dishonest? Uh, now, if you were here in Sunday school, please, you're going to know the answer to this question. Please don't help the people who are only here for this service. Husbands, I'd like you to answer the question, does tone of voice matter? Some of you are hinting anyway. That's not fair. Yes, tone of voice matters. Okay. Uh, husbands, you've been there. Your wife tries on a new dress. And she asked a variant of this question. How does this dress make me look? Your <laughs> it's not just the words that you say. But it's going to be how you say them. That will determine the next 48 hours of your life. <laughs> I'm using humor here uh, to, uh, to illustrate a point, right? My wife's shaking her head. She's really good about this. Uh, all right. It's probably reversed. That's, you know, it's probably, does this suit maybe look slim, you know? <laughs> it's an impossibility. Uh, 
You say, okay, what does this have to do with music? Okay, I'm going to go back to the piano here because it helps to kind of illustrate these things, okay? Um, What if I came over here to the piano and I said, I'm so happy it's your birthday. Some of you here for Sunday school, this is going to be similar to Sunday school, right? I'm so happy it's your birthday. I'm so happy it's your birthday. (laughs) That, That seems to go along with it, right? I'm so happy. It's your birthday! (laughs) Does that have a different meaning to it? Sure. I can change the meaning of my words by how I play it. Now I'm going to get a little bit more pointed. I can make some things seem more important than they are based on how I play. What are you expecting? (laughs) I was just, I like to stop and look. People usually expect, okay, what's happening? What's going to happen? Sounds kind of epic. That's called an open fifth for those of you who are, you know, musicians, right? That's also the hero notes. Okay? Or, uh, okay, it's the same, it's the hero notes, right? Okay? It's that, it's that, oh, it's that. Okay? I can't park on that too long for time's sake, okay? We don't want hamburgers to burn, okay? <laughs> I can make something seem really important by how I play on the piano. Now listen to me carefully, okay? And this is on recording, so, you, so if anyone misunderstands, you can go back and listen. The wall. The wall is there. And so is the floor. Say, Brother Ben, that was silly. Yeah, but I was trying to make silly words sound more important. I really don't want to do the illustration that's popped in my head. I'm going to describe it instead because it really, I, it really bothers me to do. All right? Um, but if I were to get up here and preach in such a way, ah, I have to do it, okay? Please indulge just for 10 seconds, okay? If I were to get up here and if I were to preach this way, God is holy. God is righteous. Yeah, that wouldn't be good, right? (laughs) That was an honest response there. I appreciate that. If I continued to do that, not only, well, first of all, that's hard for me to even do. But if I were to actually do that, pastor and deacons are going to come and they're going to remove me, right? And rightfully so. Why? Because my delivery method is dishonest. You follow me? I'm saying the truth, but I'm saying it in such a way that actually undercuts the truth. But listen now. Listen, I'm going to stretch my words out. God is holy. 
God is righteous. What are you doing? I'm going to stretch him out even farther. God is holy. God is righteous. I turned it into music and people will love it. See, friends, I'm not trying to pick on people. I'm not trying to be mean or cold-hearted or anything like that. I'm trying to get us to think. We will allow things in music we would never allow from behind a pulpit. Why? Because we're committed to the Word of God for the pulpit part. Amen. Shouldn't we apply the same standards, at least the same theological grid to our music as we do to our preaching? If it's got all this power, maybe we should check it out. Think on these things. Honest. That's one way that we can apply the Word of God. Very quickly, whatever things are just, that has to do with a a sense of, I mean, we think of the word fair. It's much more than that. Whatsoever things are pure. Wow. Hey, you want to get an idea of whether or not the music you're listening to, even if it's for entertainment, okay? And I think there's more latitude. Uh, Just like in our clothing, there would be more latitude, you know, uh, if we're playing basketball or going to Walmart. That one always cracks me up. Or going to Meyer, I get to say that in Michigan. I don't get to say that everywhere. Okay? Uh, there's, there's some latitude there, but listen, everything that we do in our life should be pure. You know a good way to tell if what you're listening to and involved with is pure? Type it into YouTube. Yeah, go ahead. You type it into YouTube. Say, well, I wonder, wonder if this song is, has pureness in it. Type the name of the song into YouTube and see what comes up. Wow. Well, we don't want to do that. (laughs) Why not? Because we know what's going to happen. Now, I know. Anybody can take anything and pervert it. Understand that. A lot of people have sung Amazing Grace and doesn't spoil the song. So there's a balance there. It's discernment. Guess what? Discernment takes work. Hebrews tells us we have to have our senses exercised. The word for exercise is the same word we get gymnasium from. It means to work out, to discern good and evil. It's something that you don't just catch by coming to church on Sunday. It's something that's supposed to be a pattern of life. So when we're watching television, when we're watching a movie, when we're, when we're listening to music, we ought to have those sensors on saying, hmm, I want, does, this, does this flow through this passage? You see, friends, for the people uh, who believe that music isn't a pl- there's no application of the God's Word to music, I kindly remind them, listen, if music is communication, it falls under any passage of Scripture that deals with communication. No, I don't see the word music in here, but I see the word think. Some people say, well, you know, music's just an issue of meat offered to idols. The problem is that Jesus himself tells us that there's no uh, good or bad quality about meat. It enters into the belly, right? And then it's cast out, right? Where does music enter? Well, it enters our ears, but where does it end up? It doesn't end up in our stomachs. It ends up in our hearts. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's, the heart is the issue, right? We're supposed to guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of it is the, are the issues of life. Whatsoever things are of good report. I know we don't like to think today a lot of believers don't like to think today about um, you know, good report. Well, I don't really care what other people think. I don't care what other people think. I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, that, that flies in the face of what God's Word tells us to do. I understand good report means it's got to have a good reputation. 
I think we need to pay attention. What's the reputation of the style that we're listening to? That's not the end all. But don't you think it should have a, a part in us figuring out, hey, does this honor God or not? God's word says we should think on, think on things, have a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any, any praise, think on these things. There's so many different places that we can go in Scripture. And, and because of time, we're not going to pick up all these other ones. But can I ask you this? When's the last time you sat down and asked God to show you principles of music? To convict your heart if there's some music you needed out of your life? By the way, that can be different for different folks to some degree. Uh, some people are, are identify certain types of music with immorality in their lives. Um, and there are principles regarding that. That's on a personal level. The last thing I want to leave you with is kind of on an ecclesiastical level. That's a big theological term. It just means church level. Because I believe the, one of the greatest dangers, if not the greatest danger, that we're facing today in our churches are churches that believe music is our mediator between us and God. And they are substituting the power of music for the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, music has power, and I'll illustrate this here in a moment. Music does have power, we've seen that. But music fits into the category of like feelings and emotions. So, those of you who were in Sunday school, you saw the little diagram of the train, right? And it's fact, and then faith, and then the fact is the engine, then faith in the truth. And then the cabooses are feelings. Right feelings follow right actions. I was talking with a lady after a church service, and she came up to me, and, and I had preached on music. And, uh, and she said, uh, Brother Ben, I, I, we were going to this mega church, and, and uh, they didn't really preach the Word of God, and so we came to this church, and I appreciate the preaching so much, but... There's something that's really hard for me. I said, well, what's that? She said, well, the music. She said, I don't feel like I'm worshiping. I said, oh, tell me more about this. I'd love to hear what you mean. And she said, well, it's not worship music. She says, I don't have a problem with hymns, but it's not worship music. I said, well, what, what do you mean by worship music? I said, let's go to the piano. And so she and her husband came over to the piano. My wife came over with me, and I said, worship music. What, what, let's, let's try this. What is worship music? So I played uh, something like this. Um, All right, now that's uh, played with some emotion there, right? Okay, that's Amazing Grace. She said, oh, that's Amazing Grace, but but that's not worship music. I said, okay, let's try one more. How about It Is Well With My Soul? Okay, play that. She said, oh, that's beautiful. That's pretty, but it's not worship music. I said, okay. I think I know what worship music is. And so I, I did something very similar, if not identical, to this. And 
I started doing that. She said, yes, that's worship music. I said, no, ma'am, I, I don't want to be mean to you or disrespectful or any, in any way, but do you realize I have not put any words to this? There is no, you don't, you have no context of what, of what, where this music's going to be pointed, because that's how I view music, right? Music is emotion, and then you add the words, and that puts a point on it, okay? That, that, the, the, the feelings are there, but then you direct the feelings with the words. She had so identified, that's a basic rock, pop style rhythm. She had identified that as worship music. So what was she doing? In the sincerity of her heart, she didn't hate God. She wasn't an enemy of the cross, you know? <laughs> no, she was a sincere person who had been fooled by a rather charismatic definition of what worship is, which is if I feel like I'm connected to God. Friends, we've got to be careful that we don't equate feelings generated from music as, oh, I've had an experience with God, because guess what? You can gather up large groups of people together. Have you ever heard the Mormon Tabernacle Choir sing? Does that generate some feeling? Absolutely. How do I know we're weak in this issue? Because we'll, I'll see on social media thousands and thousands of people I interact with, right? And I'll see on social media people sharing all kinds of stuff, and I, I, I check to see who's doing it. It's the Mormons. And, and they don't even know our God. You say, oh, that means you can never watch a Mormon do anything? No, I have some friends who are Mormon, okay? I've got a great burden for them. And there's some incredible people with incredible gifts. But listen, we've got to start discerning better. Well, this morning, this has been a lot of stuff rolled into one. And there's in a, in a congregation this size, there's going to be people in a variety of different places in your lives. What can we rally around? Let's ask God, Lord, would you just show me? Show me through your word. Help me to be sensitive. Is there a place for emotions? Absolutely there is. But where is that place? It's tied to truth, not just feeling by itself. This afternoon at the concert, we're going to sing some songs that, that will, we hope will bless your heart. What does that mean? Blessing our hearts. That means there's going to be a truth and we ought to respond to that truth. It's not just we ought to feel something. Because you can do that anywhere. It's not just, let's have, have all have feelings. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's tether it to truth. And then truth helps us know what kind of feelings to have. We can open up a whole other thing there, but we won't do that. But let's pray, shall we? I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed. Before we go to prayer and pastor comes and closes, he sees fit. I... I do, I never want to take for granted that every person